0: Good morning on this blessed day. I'm glad that you have joined us in another study of God's Word at godsredeemed.org. Your heart is not only vital to your physical health, but also your heart plays an important emotional and spiritual role in everything that you do. How much heart you put into something in any endeavor or even a relationship affects your output, as well as your outcome. Where your heart is, impacts focus. Where your heart is, impacts diligence. For example, if your heart is not in your job, or your heart is not in your marriage, or for that matter, your heart is not in the practice of your faith, then it is going to manifest itself in a negative way. God knows Your heart. And he knows where your heart is. He knows the heart of the matter. God judges hearts. Matters of faith are matters of the heart. For example, in Matthew 7, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Later in Matthew, he states, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Or even further, he goes on to say in Matthew Matthew 15, The things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, and fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. The Apostle Paul, states in romans chapter 6 verse 17 thanks be to god that though you were slaves of sin you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed so clearly matters of faith are matters of the heart so what is a good heart in Luke chapter 8, we have recorded to us Luke's account of the parable of the sower. If you will, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8, and I'm, and I'm going to read verses 11 through 15. Luke 8, 11 through 15. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these, having no firm root, they believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, And bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Like soil, all hearts are not exactly the same. Neither are all hearts good. For example, a good heart. Does not give the devil an opportunity for him to take God's word out of his heart. Neither does a good heart fail to root itself firmly in the word. Nor does a good heart allow earthly concerns or earthly interests to hinder growth and fruitfulness. So, what is a good heart? Or who is a good heart? Well, based upon Luke chapter 8, verse 15, a good heart is one who first hears the word. And then second, accepts, understands, or holds fast to the word. And thirdly, bears fruit with perseverance and steadfastness. Man has a tendency to describe a lot of people as good persons or or persons with good hearts. And much of the time, man's description or man's definition of a good heart does not match up with God's divine declaration. So if we're not careful, our measure of what is good can become skewed. Skewed by man's reasoning, and what we discern to be a good heart may just be far from what God will accept as good. So what does the word good mean? It's a common word, a word used by all ages and different applications. While at the same time, for some of us, we may find it hard to, to find the words, to, to define the word good, a word that we use all the time. Now a dictionary definition illustrates its multiple uses. For example, it means to be suitable for a purpose or effective. But at the same time, it can mean unspoiled and uncontaminated. Thirdly, it may mean valid. Or it may mean safe and sound. It can apply to being something being honorable and respectable or even enjoyable and pleasant. It also means reliable, right, correct. So clearly there are a lot of different ways this word good can be used in our language. Jesus on one occasion asked this question. Why are you asking me about what is good? Now Jesus asked that question in response to a question he was asked. When a Jew came and said, Teacher, what good thing? Shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? Matthew 19. And Jesus goes on then to say, There is one who is good, but if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Perfect goodness, perfect goodness originates in Jehovah. Jehovah, who is the one God of light and love, Not only is he the source of what is good, he is also the revealer and the judge of what is good. For example, Christians are God's workmanship. A workmanship that we're told in Ephesians 2.10, a workmanship who is created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. So the good things that we are to be doing as Christians, as men and women of faith in Christ Jesus, the good things that we are to be doing have already been predetermined by God. Not men. And He has directed us to walk accordingly. So man does not have the authority to redefine what God has said is good. Therefore, every good work, every good work which a man of God is to be doing, is contained in God-inspired Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. So God is rightfully... Rightfully so, God is the judge of who is a good heart. Consider two hearts whom Jesus commends. The first one is found in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, we read about an account where there is a Roman centurion seeking healing from Jesus for his slave, for his servant. And Jesus concludes that occasion by telling us and describing to us this man by saying, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. Wow. That is a huge compliment. But what do we know about this man? Besides that he is a Roman centurion, and he has a servant who's sick and dying, and he wants him to get better. Besides that, what do we, what can we conclude from this account about the character, about the heart of this individual? On one hand, he is a man who respects his fellow man. Particularly, he cares and is concerned about his slave, his servant under him. But more than just that, here's a man who believes in Jesus, or at least believes in the power of Jesus, but sees himself as unworthy to approach Jesus. While all the while he understands the authority of Jesus. He understands that all that Jesus has to do is say the word and it's done. Speak Jesus and it's done. Here's a heart that has been listening. A listening heart who who, who accepts and understands Jesus to the point that he's bearing fruits of faith. Let's consider another example. Luke chapter 18. In Luke 18, in the first ten verses, we read about a man named Zacchaeus who is a rich tax collector who is earnestly desiring to see Jesus. He wants to see Jesus. And he does. He gets to see Jesus. But at the end of this account, Jesus describes Zacchaeus in this way when he says, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. Now Paul explains to us over in his letter to the Galatians in chapter 3, verse 29, that those who are in Christ, those who have come to Christ through the gospel, are likewise sons of Abraham and in turn are heirs of God's promise. Jesus is saying more about Zacchaeus than the fact that he's simply a Jew. He says, today salvation has come to this house and that's why Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And he says, and he too is now a son of Abraham. But what kind of heart was he? What what can we derive from this, this text about the heart of Zacchaeus? Besides the fact that he is a man who is seeking Jesus, he wants to see Jesus, here's a man who gladly receives Jesus. When Jesus offers to come to his house, he accepts it. And when there are those on the side who are criticizing what's going on, Zacchaeus gives no defense for himself when they call him a sinner but rather what he does, he publicly confesses his repentance. Here's a heart who is listening to Jesus and is accepting Jesus' offer and bearing fruits of change. So if the heart is the personal soil from which everything grows in our lives, What needs to be done to prepare that heart so that it will grow good things? When you go back to Luke chapter 8 and verse 15, it states that a good heart is one who hears the word, two who holds fast to the word, and three steadfastly bears fruit. All three together. If I hear God's word but never prove, to be a doer who understands and bears fruit unto God, then my heart is not good. And Leland is going to say more about that today in his lesson. But more than just that, if I receive God's word, what if I receive God's word, but in the end I do not bear fruit, then I am still not a good heart. God says, Jesus says, this is what is a good heart. One who hears the word, who holds fast to the word, and bears fruit with steadfastness. Man's standards, or man's opinions, or man's emotions, or even his judgments, are not the measure for true goodness. And neither are we the measure in determining what is a good heart, or who is a good heart. The parable of the fig tree over in Luke chapter chapter 13 recommends that soil preparation can improve fruit bearing. Let's turn over there and read verses 6 through 9. The parable of the fig tree. And he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard and he came looking for fruit on it and it and he did not find any. And he said to the vine- vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I've been looking for fruit on this tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put it in fertilizer, and it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. We understand that if soil is not good for growing things, actions can be taken to improve its condition. If the heart is not good, it too can be changed. But changed with the right kind of work. And it's hard work. It's heart-rending work. The fig tree parable here is all part of God's call to repentance. It is in the same context when Jesus says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The point being, unless change occurs, there will be severe consequences. And the parable brings that out. So do what is necessary. Do what it takes to turn things around, to turn your life back to God and back to His way. But it starts with an openness. An openness to listen truly to what God has said. Not to men. Jesus often said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hearing is a choice. A choice made because we have come to know that true knowledge, that the words of truth and life come from God. Man doesn't know. You and I don't know without God and His Word. But to hear God, may mean turning off all the other words, turning off all the other thoughts which are actually polluting our hearts. For example, over in Romans chapter 10, we we read about how Jews closed their ears and hardened their hearts to God's righteousness. Why? Because Christ did not fit in their self-made mold of righteousness. Paul desired that Jews be saved. But he testifies here in verse 2 about them that they have a zeal for God but not in accordance with knowledge. They weren't listening. And so they were, their zeal was not according to knowledge for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God which centers in Christ. So we might need to turn off some things so that we can hear God, so that we can listen to what God says and have an openness to develop a heart that is good. But no one is saved without his heart taking an active role. An active role in being converted to the lordship and the kingship of Jesus Christ. And that is illustrated here in Romans chapter 10. And if you'll bear with me, I would like for us to read in chapter 10, verses 8 through 17. As we bring this lesson to a close. What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you confess to your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So, faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. No one is going to be saved without taking their heart taking an active role in being converted, truly converted, to Christ Jesus, who's been declared both Lord and King. Now that takes heartfelt time and effort on our part, to listening to what Christ has revealed. But but more than just listening and hearing what Jesus had to say, there is this personal acceptance that entails properly responding to what we've heard. Such things as believing and calling and confessing and heeding, as Paul states in Romans chapter 10. So therefore, your heart plays a central role in your conversion, but not only in your conversion, but also in your faithfulness to Christ. But the goodness of your heart is measured by God, by God's standard. A person does not have a good heart just because he does some good things. Rather, it is determined by his hearing, receiving, receiving and obeying God and His Word. Your heart today will choose what actions you will take. So will you call on the name of the Lord? Will you heed Christ and what He has revealed? We want to encourage you to consider your soul salvation in view of eternity. If we can assist you in any way to make your life right with God, by confessing your faith in Jesus Christ or penning your sin and being baptized, we're ready to assist you in that. Or if we can pray with you and for you in turning back to Him. Whatever your spiritual need may be, we want to encourage you, let us know. And we'd be glad to assist you. Thank you for listening.